another episode of pop law i am your host desiree and i'm tyrone and And we we are are not your attorneys so let's get into who said that who said that all right so this week um coming off of mlk day you know it was very cold on that monday i almost died (laughs) It was like seven degrees. It felt was, like below the, nine or 12. Yeah, the wind chill, they have put it below zero. And no, no. I mean, God bless anyone who made it outside. I went outside. <laughs> I was like, let me just go ahead and like maybe donate or something. <laughs> I said, because you won't be getting my time today. Like Martin Luther King, he didn't die for this. Right. The whole time I was outside, because I had to meet my mentee. And she came up from Baltimore, so I had to meet her. I'm glad I did. It ended up being great. But the whole time, I was like, why am I still living in New York? This (laughs) shit is too cold. It's like, literally, (laughs) I need to be somewhere in the South or the West Coast, but probably just the West Coast. Oh, man. (laughs) Hopefully, I'll make it back home one day. But let's get into this week's episode. It's uh, very special. We watched the Fire Festival documentaries, you guys. Dun, like, da, da, da. like literally just now. <laughs> like and- <laughs> you all have been waiting for this. I know that for a lot of you, you didn't even know what Fire Festival was until you started listening to this show and we got into our Under Fire series. Absolutely. It is literally a series. So now. if y'all are just as pissed as us that we were not included in those documentaries, you are not alone. But we did learn watching them, right? We did. I learned so many new things. So let's get into it. So first of all, there's two documentaries and there is one that's on Hulu. Hulu, yeah. And then there's one that's on Netflix. I really like the Hulu one better. I felt like you know it told the full story the netflix kind of pulled you know closed some holes but i felt like netflix was kind of like a pr stunt cleanup since it was produced by some people who i think should be defendants in one of the cases the fuck jerry media Media, yeah company so i think they're just called jerry media now or something like that but you know, watching that one, you definitely could tell it wasn't a linear story they were telling. Yeah. There were aspects of the story that they wanted to make sure were told at specific times, but they didn't tell. I think they did a good job of actually including the importance the employees of, too. of the employees for yeah. Fire Media, which was the app. app which I didn't realize yeah. um, about the app and connecting it. And so... To learn that the Fire Festival was born out of an employee for Fire Media, the booking app for talent um, was born out of his suggestion. And then Billy kind of just ran with it was, you know, crazy. Yes. And then also the ways in which they had gotten so many people to give money yeah. fraudulently, I think was super eye-opening. Because honestly, all of this information is in the court documents, yeah. but the average everyday person is not going to go down to SDNY and be like, hey girl, let me get those docs for the McFarland case. Absolutely. <laughs> and I like the story um, telling how the whole Ja Rule and Billy McFarland introduction happened because before I was like, how did they even meet? But seeing that Billy was trying to book 
Ja Rule for something and he essentially got mm-hmm. scammed and that's how they created the Fire Media um, booking app. But Billy had that Magnesis credit card. Do you yeah. remember that, Tyrone? Oh uh, my gosh. I remember I had just moved to New York and for some reason, like there was this ad that kept coming up on my Facebook feed and it was like a black card S type of thing and it was a membership thing and I was just like, I saw like friends of mine, because you can know you people who you're friends with on Facebook, they had liked it. And so I didn't, I was like, oh, like people are using this thing. So I had no clue what it was, but it seemed like it was sort of exclusive. And I was like, listen, I am not at the point where I need to be messing with no black card exclusive business. So And to see that that Magnesis credit card, like you said, membership, it was you know, saying you have all this access to these parties and that penthouse, the main selling point or townhouse where you can go take dates and have all these private events and go to things, you know, it kind of, well, anyway, the company declined um, because it's no longer here. And that's how the first business mm-hmm. that Ja Rule and Billy McFarland did to uh, did together that failed. And so my question was like, Ja, why would you go into a second business with Billy McFarlane. Yeah, the Magnesis that was so one was kind of fraudulent. In the end, they didn't have the assets to carry on the credit card. Again, there was so much about this. Both of these, they, I think they were good in their own respects. But I think that, again, the Hulu ones told a very good linear story of how things truly unfolded versus the Netflix one. They had more like insider scoops for particular subjects that were covered in the Hulu one, but they didn't necessarily go in depth. And like, I really didn't know what was going on with that app and how important it was. Like that was the capital that Billy was really putting up front. Like he bankrupted this company that actually met the way they talked about it. They were like, this could have done well. Absolutely. If we had just stuck with the app. And they said that the festival, I learned this, the festival was more to serve as a promotional event for, for the app. app. Yeah. And so he just, I think Billy just got a little bit greedy and wanted this lifestyle that he really didn't have and wanted to kind of portray and bring other people. And then the whole thing was about, you know, taking advantage of millennials in this new social media world. And I think with that, he did an amazing job. Yes, he sure did. He really tapped into this whole like millennial really wanting to like the FOMO. They really focused in on like how people in this age group really want to be a part of everything everything cool that is happening. And so he was really smart and really honing in on that area of life and Particularly, they said it was happening right after the um, 2016 election, election yeah. which I didn't even think about. I was like, wow, escapism really was that thing. That thing. That we all were sort of reaching for because we we're like, man, this is about to be some shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> another thing that stuck out to me was Billy has been a scammer since conception. Mm-hmm. This crayon business he had in elementary, while smart, you know, entrepreneurship always has been ahead. But the fact when he took it to scamming was you tapped into the school system mm-hmm. um, and then just directed everybody to your business to fix their crayons mm-hmm. for a dollar. So I was just laughing like he, something is really wrong. How do you come, you know, be born as a scammer essentially? I felt the same thing. I felt that Billy was really like 
this is the person he's been his whole life and he doesn't know how to be anything else. So mm-hmm. when I think one of the specialists that was on the Hulu one, she was a psychotherapist and she was just like talking about how like pathological liars and compulsive liars and con uh, artists as she called him. Yeah. And con artists especially is what she really was focusing on how they really do buy into what they're selling to the point that they could pass a lie detector test Yeah, because they've talked it up to themselves so much. They're like, no, I have to believe this because this is the only way I'm going to get what I want or have any type of success in this world is if I continue to build on the lie to the point where I believe in it. And so, you know, as you kept watching the Hulu one and then putting the pieces together, when you hear the employee side from the Netflix one, it kind of made me feel at a point, you know, maybe he just, Billy got a little bit in over his head and he was just trying to dig himself out of a hole because he owed all these people money. And for a split second, I felt mm, a little bit bad, but then you have the NYC access. So you continue to do this and try to scam and make money living this luxury life by selling tickets to events that you can't sell tickets for. And we talked about this in our yep. Under Fire episodes and stuff too. So then you realize, oh wait, I don't need to feel bad for him. It wasn't a kid that was over his head and mm-hmm. you know was afraid of all this debt that he created and creditors. You are a true life scammer and con artist. Oh my God. Uh, that's exactly how it sort of unfolded on screen. And, you know, something else that really unfolded on screen was the role that other people played in enabling this. Yeah. And I don't want... So we have some Patreon content that this is all attached to as well. So um, after you listen to this episode, go over there, log in and sign up on Patreon. But we'll get into the people who we think should be charged alongside. Yes. But there were some people... And both of these documentaries who sort of came to the forefront and I was just like, oh, you need to be right there charged as well. Absolutely. And, we, and the thing is, we'll get into this. They wouldn't be charged with the exact same thing as uh-huh. Billy. So it would be things that they would have to be charged on their own separately. So it wasn't like they could have brought the same because it was the SEC, SEC who was doing the case against Billy A for Billy, the fraud. Yep. Um, and it mainly for investor fraud and wire fraud. So don't get that confused. Remember, right. we keep you all up to date on the legal tip. So there's <laughs> other cases. And I think one that we might delve into, you know, Ja Rule is attached still as a defendant for that one. Um, I believe it's the class action lawsuit. Mm-hmm. We we spoke about it before, but probably do an in-depth update. But class action lawsuits do take a long time. So again, Firefest is going to be some, the gift that keeps on Truly. giving. I think one of my last final points that we'll talk about on this platform is kind of how Ja Rule told on himself uh, with Drink Champs. And so I think mm. they explore this in the Netflix one. Was it the Netflix one? No, it was the end of the Hulu one, right? Yeah, the very end and of the so, Hulu one. you know, Ja Rule was detached from all of this. Billy you know, didn't implicate Ja Rule when they were asking him, did Ja Rule know about this? And he said, you know, I take full responsibility, right? But then Ja Rule gets drunk, goes on Drink Champs, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how this whole thing was his idea. Now he's recreated it with this new company called Icon. And one of the guys from the Bahamian uh, place, he said a 
drunk of mine is a sober tongue. Oh my god! And that's exactly what happened because Ja Rule got drunk and then he snitched on himself talking about his dealings with the fire festival. Yep. So, like we said, clearly we have some very strong, strong, passionate feelings about this since we've been covering it for so long. So again, we will have the link for the Patreon down in the episode um, description box or the episode notes, if you will. And we will go into a little bit more depth in that video and give you some more of our thoughts about how we really felt because we were very uncut watching it. (laughs) And that Patreon content will be video. So it'll be recorded live. You guys will see recordings, but when we actually watched it, so you can see our reactions. Um, Yeah. And we also need to talk about these social media influencers and their, their role in all of this. This is the breakdown down. And today's topic, FTC endorsement guidelines for sponsorships on social media and with influencers. When do you disclose that you are posting sponsored content? One, when you are receiving financial compensation and or free product. Two, when there is a family relationship and or non-financial compensation. For example, gifts. Three, disclose material connections each time when including previously sponsored products, services, and successive posts. Now, some do's and don'ts for when to post on Instagram. First do's, place disclosure at the beginning of the description and before the more button. Second, use the hashtag, hashtag sponsored, hashtag ad, or hashtag pay to disclose partnership. Third, use the phrase sponsored by and tag the sponsoring brand in the post description. Fourth, clearly disclose paying sponsoring brands tagged in photos. Five, accompany ambiguous disclosures including thanks, hashtag ambassador, hashtag lab, hashtag SP, and hashtag spawn with additional proper disclosure. Six, superimpose disclosure on Instagram stories. And finally, seventh, include additional proper disclosure when using the paid partnership tag. Now the don'ts of Instagram. Number one, don't bury disclosure among many other hashtags. Number two, don't put disclosure at the very end of the post description. Number three, don't use hashtag SP, hashtag spons, hashtag collab, hashtag ambassador, or other hashtags that don't clearly convey sponsorship. Number four, don't use phrase partnering with or collaborating with. Number five, don't include disclosure in a comment instead of in a post description. Number six, don't rely on the paid partnership tag only. And that was the breakdown. All right, so all you social media influencers or would-be social media influencers, make sure y'all follow those FTC guidelines. You don't want to end up like any of those Instagram models from the Fire Festival who are getting sued. Yeah, or just having to go out there and apologize on behalf of their own brands. Absolutely. Um, like Bella Hadid. Um, but anyway, t- let's end this with... A quick pop culture roundup since we already got into our huge pop culture roundup. <laughs> right. 
So Naomi Osaka, she just won the Australian Open. This is what her first one. What did she second win last one. time? This that was the Australian Open? Well, this is her second Grand Slam in a row. So her okay. last one, she won against Serena. Serena. Went the big brouhaha. I think it was at the Australian, not Australian, at um, Wimbledon. Yeah. And um, that was like controversial. A lot going yeah. on. But she won against Serena at that time. Was that Wimbledon? Was that the U.S. Open? I don't really watch tennis. I know she <laughs> beat Serena or something, and she just beat somebody else. So congrats to her, girl. You are on the rise. Yes. Um, up next, Khalif Browder. We didn't cover this story too much um, because it was very painful. Yeah, you know, it was a sad story. But his family won $3.3 million against New York. So Yeah, they finally settled this lawsuit that they had because you know Khalif Browder committed suicide after being held in prison for over like three, three years. years in Rikers Island of all for, places uh, a crime that he ultimately did not commit and they had let him go but he was like 16 or something yeah. when he got put in so he wasted his life away yeah. and he never fully recovered and so this doesn't restore his life but it's some small justice towards the family unfortunately him and his mom will not see it because she passed away during um this trial and trying to fight for justice for him so you know these police officers need to do better absolutely and then who else needs to do better is this goddamn government we are officially on this day we are out of the shutdown that's a partial government shutdown but only temporarily so these fools got until february 15th to get their act together pass some bills so we can have a permanent end to this government shutdown i know a bunch of federal workers are happy yeah. um and military members my family is happy i you know we are affected by we're we're affected by this government shutdown so we just need to still find out the date we go get our money yeah absolutely (laughs) and also keep this in mind going forward i know talking to people um that i know and reading stories that people are going to vote accordingly people who Mm -hmm. were like trump supporters are going to vote accordingly because they're like they got their first rude awakening because you know Absolutely. people don't be paying attention to shit really it hits, hits a fan, yeah hits them in their pocketbook or hits them on the workplace and so now yeah. people have woken up and like oh this man don't care so, so with this i think one of the biggest things since we have some voting coming up um make sure that you look at policies and their history of voting do not vote based on party affiliation that is the worst thing that you can do because every Everybody ain't for you. And, you know, I don't know if she for us or not, but people were happy that Kamala Harris put her hat in the running to be the presidential nominee. And of course, we were like, oh, yeah, it's a black woman. I was like, I got to see what she going to do about student loans before I give her my vote. But then people have pulling out how she has historically voted um, to kind of suppress black people. She voted to not ban the three strikes law yeah she, criminal justice wise she has a criminal sketchy, justice sketchy, sketchy record yeah um so yes keep all of this in mind we are really happy that at some point the money's going to get paid they all signed on um friday evening or friday afternoon. well the first is next week so give me my coin <laughs> absolutely but again we really just wanted to get this episode out so you can hear how we felt on all of the 
fire that the um, fire versus fire that's episode title clearly has clearly to be. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we just wanted to get that out there so for the rest of our thoughts on the fire festival documentaries don't forget to go down to the link below and check out our patreon and yeah support your favorite entertainment law media attorneys and until next time please remember that we, we are, are not, not your attorneys, attorneys. Oh.